Hey, everybody. I am super excited because it's October, and it is Millennial Month on NOL. To kick things off, we're going to start with BJ Mendelson in just a second. But first, I want to tell you who is bringing this episode to you. It's the fabulous Warby Parker. You know, that company that makes the cool frames. You can get a free, free five-day home try-on by going to my custom URL, which is so cool. It's warbyparkertrial.com slash NOL. And by using that special URL, you can get five pairs keep them for five days. It's 100% free. You're not under any obligation to buy anything. But if you want to, you can, of course. But it's it's a cool trial program. That's why it's the warbyparkertrial.com slash NOL. And maybe you could get a pair that look as cool as our guest BJ Mendelssohn's in his photo. Check it out and enjoy this episode about social media. And real quick, speaking of social media, why don't you connect with me there as well? And uh, let me know what you think about the episode. At Lady Fox Official on Twitter, LadyFox.Entertainment on Instagram, and Lady Fox Entertainment on Facebook. All right, looking forward to hearing from all of you. Enjoy the show. Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should. Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at LadyFoxEntertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. Today, we're going to talk all about social media. We're going to cover the myths and the realities of it. You're going to find out there's really no magic in it whatsoever. We're going to be speaking with B.J. Mendelson. B.J. is a public speaker and author of the book, Social Media is Bullshit, from St. Martin's Press. He's also the author of an undisclosed ghostwritten nonfiction book. B.J. first received attention in the early 2000s for being able to turn his financial struggles as as a millennial in the Great Recession into media coverage for himself, with appearances in the New York Times, Newsweek, the LA Times, and others. BJ also made presentations at the National Automotive Dealers Association Conference, South by Southwest, Social Media Week Chicago, Word of Mouth Marketing Association Summit, Social Media Explore, many others, and also various colleges to talk about the myths peddled by social media marketers. He's also appeared at the UN to debate the ambassador to Pakistan about the effects of social media on society and its involvement in political revolutions. This dude is serious. He's also appeared on MSNBC, CNBC, CNN, Yahoo News, the CBC, TechCrunch, the Huffington Post, and numerous other national outlets to talk about these myths and who actually benefits from the hype. Freelance writing by B.J. Mendelssohn can be found around the web in various media outlets like the Wall Street Journal, CNN, Mashable, Forbes, and others. Go to his website, everybody, bjmendelson.com. That's M-E-N-D-E-L-S-O-N. Welcome, B.J. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's funny, you were, you were going through the bio and I'm thinking... Man, people are going to hear social media and go, oh, Christ, this this again. <laughs> no, this is a great topic. <laughs> I think so. You know, so many of my friends, like, we just, we're always bitching about social media. Right. You know? I Either, mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Let's go into your whole story, because I think that that'll help everyone understand why you wrote the book and all of that stuff. So tell us your journey towards writing social media's bullshit. Yeah, so I think there's, there's really two important points. The first is that I've always 
fallen ass backwards into things. I, I fell ba- ass backwards into like viral marketing jobs growing up. You know, since I was eighteen, I've been doing all sorts of odd things uh, involving internet marketing, and I was pretty good at it. So when I first started hearing about this social media stuff, I was like, "Hey, this is pretty much what I'm already doing, but with a cooler name." Because when you say viral marketing, people still look at you like crazy. Mm. You know, like they have no they have no idea what that means. Like they, they think they know. Yeah, they're like, "What does that mean?" Like when a YouTube goes viral. Yeah. Oh, well, the other day, my dad, because uh, my dad comes up to me and he's like, how do I make this picture go viral? <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell him? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, for a lot of reasons, but you no, know, he, he's... The picture was bad. Yeah, the picture was bad. Uh, we'll, leave, we'll leave the picture at that. But So like people's concept of what, of what virality is, is very is a strange thing. So when I heard the social media thing, I was like, all right, well, this is a way to describe what I'm doing in a way that, 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 that people might be like, all right, I kind of get it. It sounds cool. It's easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out to be complete. I was completely wrong on that, which brings me to the second point. So you fast forward to when I'm two, I mean, let's well, you were Well, you were like diving into it big time, yeah. right? I mean, I mean like, you were like nice. soaking up all of those uh, manuals, so to speak, from all the, the big marketers of the world. Yeah, it's, it's hard. See, that's, uh, the thing I struggle with when I talk about my background is so I'm basically like a vacuum when it comes to books. Uh, I plow through at least five of them a week. Holy and, crap. Yeah, on a good week. And so when I fell ass backwards into these different jobs, I just read everything. Like I was reading the books, re- not, not like reading the books, but like reading the scholarly articles, reading all the websites, everything I could get my hands on. So I made myself into an expert, and I hate that term, but uh, that's the best way I can describe it. Like I want to know everything on the subject. Mm-hmm. And so once I got to that point, I was like, all right, well, Let's find out if this stuff actually works the way that people say it does. So, I you know I was a true believer for a long time. You go back to like 2006. Uh, I was in a relationship, uh, which became a marriage, which later became a, a former marriage. Uh, but I, I was really big on like, okay, I'm going to make as much money as humanly possible because my ex-wife was she's very cool, but she was also very old-fashioned mm-hmm. in a lot of respects. So she was kind of like, all right, well, you know, the dude makes some money. So right. come on, BJ, bring home the bacon. <laughs> Which is fair, right? I mean, like that's that's totally uh, like any any relationship is based on communication and splitting the bill. <laughs> so, I'm about equality. Yeah, exactly. So she was right to you know she was right to be like, hey, you gotta make money because when you're a freelance marketing consultant, or freelance writer, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Right. Uh, so I was like, all right, we are going to do this nationwide breast cancer outreach tour. And it's going to be cool and it's going to be exciting. And originally I was going to hitchhike across America uh, and promote the early detection and prevention of breast cancer. And that, that just, What made you choose that topic? Uh, you know, it, it's in my family. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I kind of liked the simple concept of check early, check often. Mm. Because people don't realize that, you know, most can't, most, like, look, I am not a cancer expert, so medical disclaimer here <laughs> with anything sure. I'm not Sure. But, you know, early, early detection does save lives. All right. Check early, check off, and you loved that simple tag. Yeah, you know, because you know, I'm a marketer at heart. So I, I fell into a couple of friends who were into a, uh, a small not for profit that was raising awareness. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this is. Check early, check off, and that, that's kind of a great tagline. I think mm-hmm. I can do something for that. So we planned this whole thing, and we're like, all right, uh, keep in mind, I am a college student at this point, so I don't want anyone to be like, hey, this, you know, who is this guy? He, he's an adult, and he's telling me he's a snow. I mean, I, was, I may think that I was an expert in reading all that stuff, but I was still in college. Like, I was an undergrad. 
Um, I, I, th- I think I was like 24, 25 years old when I first started putting this thing together, and then 28 when it actually happened. So, I mean, I was still a kid, relatively speaking, and mm-hmm. so I came up with this whole thing. Um, my ex-wife and I traveled across the country. Oh, so she went with you. She went with me. She did not like the hitchhiking idea. <laughs> I don't think I would either. No, yeah. I mean, like, as it worked Jeez. out. Yeah, you know, like, that's that's just me. Like, I, I'm i an optimist at heart. So I'm kind of like, yeah, sure. I'll hitchhike across America. It'll be totally fine. You know, like, it doesn't, the, the thought doesn't. Do people occur. still hitchhike? Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? Not, yeah, you know, not as much. Uh, I'm sure. I, I mean, like hobos. We still have hobos. Sure. Okay. Hobos are still. Because I'm just thinking, but, like, we're now in a culture of Uber and Lyft. You know? Yeah. I mean, the thing about that is, like, it's expensive, though. I mean, yeah. like, it certainly adds up after a while. So, I mean, totally. keep in mind, this, this is we're talking 2008, 2009. Right. 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 The economy has collapsed. So. So um, you were so you were traveling across America, right, with your ex-wife, and 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 what were you doing on this tour? So we were visiting college campuses. Uh, there was two components to it. First was to come to college campuses because we figured, statistically speaking, early detection, if you do it early enough, of course, because of the name, uh, you have better chances of survival. And college students are, don't think about that. You know, They don't think about cancer because you know, at that age you think you're invincible. Sure. So we wanted people to realize, okay, well, yeah, sure, maybe you are invincible. I mean, who am I to tell you otherwise? But it doesn't hurt to check. Mm-hmm. And so that was sort of our message. And then the other component of it was we wanted to use social media because, again, I was a true believer. I thought if I posted something on Twitter, people would come out. And, and here's a cool little plot twist. At the time, I was the only non-celebrity, non-media outlet on Twitter's suggested user list. So at one point, I had about a million followers because of that list. So how, I do, you, how do you get on Twitter's suggested users list? So the short the short answer is that when the economy collapsed, I sort of just sat down one day and was like, I'm going to apply to every job ever. <laughs> like there was no, uh, there was no filter. There was no job I was not qualified for. And one of them, <laughs> one of them just so happened to be like Twitter was looking for a secretary. Yeah. So I applied. I said, look, I'm in upstate New York. I will relocate. Uh, Cause there's no, there are no jobs in upstate. Even today it still struggles. Like there yeah. are a few, there are a few jobs up here aside from like retail and tourism. You know, like if you mm-hmm. go far upstate. So I will move. I will. You know, I will take this job. I will be the best damn secretary you've ever seen. Uh, so they were nice enough. They were like, "Nah, you know, it's it's cool. Uh, thanks for applying, though." And then <laughs> it's cool. It's, it's cool. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Don't mind us. We've got we've got Harvard grads as our secretary because those those startups. That's what they tend to hire. Yes. Is isn't so, that isn't that weird? Yeah, uh, that's. I mean, that's a whole other thing we could get into. Yeah, that's a separate episode. Yeah, that's that, that's like a separate. It, it does tie into what we're talking about, but let me let me put that aside for a second. So when I got the rejection letter, it's like, hey, um, I'm, I'm talking to this not for profit. I got this crazy idea, and I don't want anyone to think that like. So this is where I have to be careful because when I tell the story, people go, "Oh, anyone can do this," and, and no, uh, <laughs> that's not the case. Because when I mentioned the viral marketing job, my first job was actually getting this really crappy syndicated television show into ABC, ABC affiliates across America. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had that in my background when I was pitching Twitter. I was like, look, I did this thing. I got the show on all these ABC affiliates. Uh, we're going to do this not-for-profit tour. How about we partner? Uh, because Twitter in the past, you know, I was one of the, the, not the first user, but I was one of the earliest mm. uh, users that they had. And mm-hmm. they used to feature my account because uh, I was posting jokes on there. So that you know they would feature it and it was kind of cool. So 
all those things combined, they said, given our history, let's let's do this. And they said, all right, let, let's get back to you. So they, I don't hear anything from Twitter. Uh, my ex-wife and I go out on our misadventure. And uh, we're in Raleigh, North Carolina. And we've already started to realize that people on Twitter don't necessarily relate to, like, real-world actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, we teamed up with Dunkin' Donuts and we went to uh, Dunkin' Donuts, Washington, D.C. And so Dunkin' Donuts was like, hey, come check out uh, this, this breast cancer awareness tour. Brandon and Amanda are at this Dunkin' Donuts at this time. Uh, come say hi. You'll, you'll get, uh, I forgot what we were giving something like. Uh, you, you'll get free stuff and uh, it'll be cool. It's for a good cause. Nobody turned out. And so it's kind of like, all right. Well, wow. Yeah. Well, oh, it gets better. <laughs> uh, so it's like, okay. You well, had you, a no, major brand behind you too. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's the crazy thing about, about this is that it wasn't like some fly-by-night thing. I mean, there was... There was a partnership with Sprint. There was a par- partnership with Dunkin' Donuts that I put together. Uh, there was there was different components with other. Well, you companies. spent four years planning this thing. That's what it yeah. sounded like. Well, well, ten really. Oh uh, God! But it, but it took uh, it took different versions of it. Like this was a, the final version of something that I'd been kicking around since I was eighteen. Wow! And uh, there was another version which I'll get to. So we're in Raleigh, uh, and I was kind of like, all right, well, maybe. We can't expect real-world results from social media. What about online results? Clearly, you know, I got all these Twitter followers, right, from the suggested user list. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll act. Maybe they'll do something online that doesn't require much effort. So uh, we, we held the first Twitter-thon. Uh, other people have since claimed that, you know, they've claimed the name and said that they were the first, but we were the first. Uh, and I'm very proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> and Twitter-thon. So, a Twitter-thon. I so love it. We had like a live stream going, and we had, you know, this is back before like Periscope. Yeah. Facebook Live. So How did we you? To, wow. Uh, we were using Ustream. Okay. So I, I had, had like Ustream going, and I had Twitter going, and we we're like, hey, uh, here's Brandon and Amanda. We're, we're just uh, we're just joking around here. Like it's just Amanda and I sitting and bullshitting with each other because uh, she was she was hilarious. Like I, that's something that I want to want to get across because sometimes when I tell the story, people are like, oh, the poor ex-wife got dragged around, dragged along the strip. <laughs> Uh, and me, the the big jerk, because the tour fell apart, so it's all his fault. He's an evil monster. So, like, we were having a we were having a ball in the early parts of this. So, like, she was just being her funny self, mm. and we were telling people, "This is why you donate. This is where this is the charity." Uh, and we we did this for about an hour or two. And would you guess? Would you be willing to guess how much money we raised? Um. Keep in mind, I had a million followers at this point. You had a million followers at that point. I did. Holy crap. So, all right. So $10,000 is my guess. Uh, you are way, way off. You're one, you want to try a little lower? Oh, really? <laughs> uh, 5000 Lower. <gasps> 2500 Lower. What? Zero? One dollar. One dollar. One dollar. And you were, and you had a million followers on Twitter. Who were you- active. I want to I I make sure I stress that. Like, these were a million active followers who engaged in things and clicked on posts. Like, this wasn't just a million followers the way people have, like, a million followers on Instagram yeah. and don't do anything. Right. Like, this, this is a million active followers, and we only raised a dollar. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so at that point, things That's started... so frustrating. Oh, oh, yeah. And it, it took a toll. I mean, like, I always joke when I tell... Whenever I tell this story, I always preface it by saying, so my, my wife at the time... Uh, goes on this tour with me, and when I'm done telling you about it, you'll realize why she's my ex-wife. So, 
because uh, at this point, like everything falls apart. The entire thing was dependent on the idea that social media would would bring real world results. Yeah, we would spread, we would raise awareness, we would get media coverage. We would for get, for we, a good cause too. For a good cause, right? Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just hey, check out Brandon and Amanda doing just being silly on the internet, right? Uh, which you see a lot of now. Like you know, totally. it, would not, it would not be unheard of today for for a husband and wife to you know do like a cross country tour where they're just meeting strangers and getting into all sorts of wacky adventures like mm-hmm. that. Uh, but keep and right. somehow that's entertaining to people. Yeah, I mean. But that, again, a separate issue. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it, well, it's really, again, it's like all of these things are related, right? Because what I'm basically getting at here is that what we're told, even today, what we're told about internet marketing, social media, SEO, all of it, uh, does not work the way it's presented. That's, that, and that's not to say it does not work at all. Like that's, that's something I have to clarify because people will walk away and be like, well, I'm not using any of it. <laughs> Forget it. Um, it's not to say that all this stuff doesn't work. It just doesn't work as advertised. And unfortunately, a lot of time, money, and effort is put into social media the way that we are told it works and not the way it actually works. Mm-hmm. So you made $1 from That's this right. huge tour. And then what was the other approach that you took? You said that there was another thing that you tried. That's right. So what happened was... Uh, Things were bad, you know. I, I came back and just uh, relationship-wise and professionally, like things were. Like, it was it was a big. This was a big thing because at the time, you know, like I said, I was a true believer and I was talking about this stuff and how great it is. Uh, and it and your wife was like, "Okay, this is going to be the thing that makes us some money." If I had to point to something that just killed that relationship, this would be it. Like so, when I tell people the story, I want them to understand. Like when we came back, it was bad. Like this was a bad scene. And again, this is mid recession, so not only did this thing fall flat, but it was sort of like, okay, well, what do you do now? And the answer is work at Walmart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so while that's happening, uh, also by the, by the way, like you could do a search for me. Uh, I was a mall Santa briefly. You were what? <laughs> I was a mall Santa. A mall Santa? Yeah. Like, so I, I tell you that because one, it's hilarious, but two, <laughs> uh, like. Well, you still have a little bit of the beard. <laughs> I, I do. I do. It's not, it's not as gray as it was. But, <laughs> uh, so I get back and I'm like, I don't, I don't ever want to talk about internet marketing again because I, I read all the books and I taught, when I came back, I was like, hey, Chris Bergen. Hey, Gary Vaynerchuk. Hey, Seth Godin. Hey, Guy Kawasaki. I did this thing that you said on page 25 that should work exactly like this, and it didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you have to say about that? And the answer was you did it wrong. So I said, okay, let's let's take that, because I, I like to think that I'm a logical thinker. I said, let's take that to its conclusion. If I do the tour again, by do it in the way that I know works, will I see better results than what I saw when I did it using so, relying on social media? So out of the blue, I get contacted by a guy named Colonel John Folsom, and he's like, "Hey, you know, we got this not-for-profit that that helps uh, wounded veterans. You know, they're injured in combat. They come home. Uh, what they do is like they'll take them to Disney World, or Universal Studios, mm-hmm. uh, with their families. Oh, nice. And you know, what it is is like if you come, you know, if you come back from from Walter Reed, and it's the first time your family's seeing you, and you're missing a limb, or you have." Uh, you know, you have symptoms of PTSD. The, the whole concept of the charity is that by putting you in this happy and welcoming and fun environment, uh, it eases the adjustment. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's a very good, it's good. Wounded Warriors Family Support is the name of the charity. Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, 
and not Wounded Warrior Project. I always have to clarify. It's two different things. Oh, okay. Uh, so Wounded Warrior Family Support, WWFS.org. And he was like, what, what can I do using social media uh, to raise money for my not-for-profit? And so I said, I just had this horrible experience. Uh, let me try something with you that I think will work. And so what we did was we came up with this thing called the High Five Tour, which people can see at highfivetour.com. I think it's now... I forget how old it is now. I think it's like in its fifth or sixth year. Okay. Uh, but I, you know, I'm the, the co-creator the of that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, with Colonel Folsom. Uh, it's, it was a huge success. Like He raised a, a whole ton of money, got himself all sorts of great press. He set the world record for high fives uh, huh. at, the, at the Philadelphia Independence Day Parade. What did you do different, BJ? Well, I, you know, my whole thing was, P, and this is what I found in, in my re- later research, PR drives everything on the internet, mm-hmm. and we don't want to talk about that because you know you talk about tech companies, they always tell you the PR is passe and it's stupid and don't do it. But my whole thing was let's just do crazy stuff. Let's get this this Ford Mustang and custom wrap it in red, white, and blue. And by the way, people can take it and trace the outline of their hand on the overlay of the car. So as the colonel is driving across the country, you see all these hands being collected on it. Oh. And, and then we did stunts like the, you know, the setting the high five record in Philadelphia yeah. at the Independence Day Parade. And so uh, all the just nonstop crazy stuff. But you were having coverage on it. That's right. And my my theory was that the press coverage will drive the online activity. You know, press coverage will drive Twitter, it'll drive Facebook, it'll raise donations. I was right. Wow. Uh, so, And you when, hadn't done any PR with the breast cancer tour? Uh, there was a little, but most of it was centered Social on... Social media. Yeah, like it was, it wasn't, there was some, co- so I don't want to, it to sound like there was no coverage of the breast cancer tour, there was some, but it wasn't focused on what we were doing. It was sort of like, uh, check out Brandon and Amanda. Look, right. Look at, you know, it wasn't like, hey, they're doing this cool thing for this cool cause. It was right. like... So, Look at those wacky millennials. So, so this this whole PR element to it, do you think that that it carries more, I don't know, uh, a sense of importance or that people trust it more than they do social media? Is that why you think it worked? I just, there's a lot. There's a lot of like psychological reasons. I, I think that having you know, you always see these studies like people don't trust the news. It, it, that's not true. Uh, the news, whether or not, regardless of what angle the news takes, we trust the people test saying it to us. Because we trust third parties. Hmm. You know, if I say something to you, then you might be like, all right, I'm going to look at this a little further. But if CNN's like, no, really, what Brandon is saying is true, you're going to be like, oh, well, of course. Look, there's certainly a portion of the population that that thinks critically, and those people are not voting for Trump. Uh, (laughs) But there's also... There's also a large, large portion of a huge to use his parlay, it's a uh, portion of the population huge, huge that, that doesn't think critically about what they see in the press. And so that's how you validate things. Like that's how you validate concepts. And that's when people will pass it on on their own. And that's really the trick to social media. You know, it's mm-hmm. people think if I put up a funny YouTube video, it's going to be seen. The odds are, well, right. uh, you need other people to be like, hey, no, this is funny. Come check it the out. The whole influencer aspect. Well, I want you want to be careful of that because there's this there's this weird offshoot of social media uh, where people are obsessed with influencers, mm-hmm. and it, you know it's like some loser with. <laughs> I, I say that jokingly. I don't mean that like in a no, a but hostile. it's actually not an influencer. 
Right. So like, it's like just a, a tag that's been put on their head, but they are not, they really don't have that many followers. No, and they get they get paid. Like we're talking, in some cases, a few hundred grand. Wow. Paid by, paid, yeah, paid by ad agencies to social media influencers. Uh, and I can tell you from working with advertising agencies over the years, not in all cases, but in most cases, they do not see any return. Uh, this influencer thing, but they the reason why they do it is so stupid. Uh, they do it because the other agencies are doing it, and yeah, like you know, it's crazy. Like, oh, let me. This is a tangent, but I got pitched by this agency. They they come to me and they're like, "Hey, uh, one of the four broadcast networks is launching this new show, and we want to do something cool with technology to show them that we're hip and we're you know we justify the money that we're paid each month." I said, "All right, well, let me do some digging and." I found uh, a couple of cool options. I came back to them. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? And <laughs> they were like, yeah, but we want something with Snapchat. And it's kind of like, what? And mm. they said, no, yeah, no, the, the, the broadcast channel was really dead set on, on Snapchat. If you're listening to this, you're like, well, what is that? Snapchat is this huge, overly inflated company that no one knows how many people actually use it. Uh, it, but but I saw something in the in email or something that Snapchat now officially has more users than Instagram. Right, but here's the fun thing: they say that nobody vouches for those user numbers. That's right, all, that's all stuff. Oh, it's the same thing when podcasters say, "I have a million downloads." Oh, oh really? Right. Yeah, there's no, there's no <laughs> really. That's that's my least favorite thing about like the influencer because they'll t- they'll be like, "Hey, look at all these followers I have," and then you'll be like, "Okay, well, what's your engagement?" Yeah, uh, you know, and and you know it's like virtually zero. So, but the point about Snapchat is that the, the reason the the TV channel wanted that wasn't for any logical reason. They wanted to use it because it was cool, mm. because people were talking about it. So, like, it's hard to apply logic to social media. Yeah, <laughs> it's what I'm trying to get at because it's it's all too often not used. Right. So, okay, you did this kind of experiment across the two tours, and you discovered that all of the old uh, rules, the playbook of how to make social media work for you was was just not true. That's right. And so did this prompt you then to write the book about it? Yeah, you know, I, the book kind of came out of a weird place where I knew I wanted to say something, but my, my concern would be that no one would listen. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happened. <laughs> so Unless was, you I, just got a bunch of PR going around. <laughs> yeah, well, if you got, if you get, it's great if you got money. Right. I mean, that's the thing. People it's expensive. Honest, they don't realize, yeah. It not only is it expensive, but most PR people suck at their job. Mm-hmm. So you pay, you pay for people to send out press releases, which, which isn't, you know, press releases are important, but that's, that's like 25% of the battle. Right. So what, what drove the book was sort of a, a moment of frustration. You know, I, I was publishing a, a book called Dracula and Kittens uh, online, which was just like this crazy retelling of Bram Stoker's Dracula, just wow. with yeah, with all sorts of like hijinks and shenanigans, and um, that got me an agent. And so I was down in his offices, and we were kind of just talking about you know, the struggles of promoting that because it's you know it's, the book was free, and I, I was just putting out a new chapter after new chapter, mm-hmm. and I just kind of throw, threw up my hands. I said, you know, social media is bullshit, and he kind of points to me. He's like. That's the book. Uh, so like oh, I like your agent. Yeah, that was the origin story for the book. So, because I, I really needed a shove, because I, I had all these ideas. I, I was taking notes the entire time between the two tours of this worked, this didn't work. Uh, I think that when people say this, they're saying this to line their own pockets and not actually. 
give us an give us an example and it could be from the book that you ended up writing about it but like the all these notes you were making tell us about some things that didn't work that that you were told should have yeah so i mean the big one is i'm skipping ahead a little bit but i think the big one was the the real world results so i'll give you with my book when it came out the publisher was like oh you got 800,000 Twitter followers. We're sure that they're going to buy, you know, thousands of copies. I was kind of like, did, did you read the book uh, that I submitted for you guys? So, uh, and the answer was no, by the way. But that, oh, that's, God. I, I don't want to get into, I had a great time with my publisher. We've had that. Um, that's so shitty. Yeah, I can't, I, don't, I shouldn't say too much. It was not a good experience. And I was warned. The funny thing was that another author did sort of warn me. Hmm. And uh, I did. I did not heed the warning. So um, people might people have asked me, "Well, how many books did you actually sell through Twitter?" Uh, and the answer is twenty eight. Wow! Where, you know, and you yeah. had a million active followers, right? And you compare that to the six or seven thousand that was sold through the traditional means that you sell books. So, like there was things like that where people would predict that you would see X results. Uh, and then you would do it, and you would see nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then- so, so the social media gurus, so to speak, were saying that if you post all over Twitter with your huge active follower list, that you're going to be able to sell tons of books. Right. I mean, that was that was basically the gist of it. I mean, there was other things too, like you know, there was uh, people that blog are familiar with uh, having to leave a blog comment on someone else's blog. Yeah. 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 Like that. That fake. Oh, how interesting. I wrote about something similar. Ha ha ha. You know, like, you know, like that, that sort of <laughs> shit. Um, that, that's, by the way, like, I'm, I'm dismissive of it, but you got to keep in mind, like, it's, it's 2016 and you still see that advice given out. Yes. Like, a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about here, you know, we're talking about shit that happened eight years ago, but it's still, if you go to HubSpot.com or any of those big marketing blogs and you will see the same advice being given out that was given out eight years ago. And funny enough, if you rewind the clock by, back to 1994, it's also the same advice. Wow. Yeah. So that to me, like that's the craziest thing that I, that I encountered was in 1994, they were saying the same thing they were saying in 2004 that they were saying in 2014. Huh. Uh, and we just, we just haven't, there's too, there's too much money at stake for us to change how, how things are done, which is what the problem is. So I wrote this book and uh, it came out and it did okay. It didn't do great. Um, People that read it loved it, but in terms of getting it coverage, you know, it, was, it was a challenge because knowing the title. I, well, yeah, my favorite thing with the book, and I don't mind, I don't mind telling the story because I, I honestly don't know if I'm going to write another one. Uh, my favorite part of the whole thing with that book was being in the the offices of the Wall Street Journal, who I later later went on to you know to, to write and blog for, uh, sitting with the book editor, and he just looks at me. He's like, "Oh yeah, it was a good book, but I'm not writing about it." I was like, oh, um, okay, well, how come? He's like, well, because of the title. Hmm. And, then, and then having that confirmed two weeks later when I was at the New York Times, same thing. Oh, great book, very interesting. Are you guys going to write about it? No. <laughs> Why not? Because of the title. That's uh, unbelievable. People are so nervous. Well, it's, it's, not, it's not just nervous. I mean, keep it, okay, here's the thing to keep in mind. Like, what, when you hear BuzzFeed brag about all the views that they got, what they don't brag about is how they spent millions of dollars on Facebook advertising to get those views. <laughs> yes. Like you don't, you don't hear that part of the story. And like the New York Times has a business relationship with Facebook. Like you can Google it. Don't take my word for it. Go and Google. Uh, I think it's like the the instant articles. They have they have an agreement with them, and with live video, they've got an agreement with them. So you got these these large media outlets who don't 
want to cover this stuff. I, I, I mean, like, I'll give you just another quick example. Uh, I'm friendly with a producer at MSNBC, mm-hmm. and every time that he wants to do something about the book or about something that's related to the book, there's always this this kickback. Uh, well, we don't want to talk about that uh, because it goes against the narrative that we're pushing. Wow. You know, we think we think social media is wonderful and it's exciting and it it gets presidents elected, which by the way it doesn't. Um, so, you know, where do where do all of these ideas come from? Why do people believe this? I, I think it's just you know if you repeat the lie often enough, it becomes the truth. <laughs> so, uh, you God, know, that's scary. If you tell people. Um, we're going to build a wall. Mexico is going to pay for it. You know, sooner or later, 14 million people are going to believe that. Yeah. Uh, and 14 million people are going to come out and vote for the person saying that. So, I, I mean, look, I, I shouldn't get political because I, um, I, I, I try to respect everyone's opinion. I just got off the phone with a good friend of mine and, and it was going there and I was like, we're not talking about yeah. this. <laughs> you know, the thing is, though, for, for what I do for a living, for social media, I mean, it, it's it's critical to what we do because... There's the myth now that you can get a president elected uh, because of it, and it's not—it's simply not true. But nobody's because, talking about the issues. There's no, there's no fixing a lot of the issues. Like, um, I, I mean, I'm a cynic in that regard. I, I'm an optimist in most things, but uh, there's certain structural issues in the country that need to be fixed that probably never will. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at Wall Street, that's a great example. But yeah. uh, and that's and I, I mentioned that not because it's it's a political thing, but it's the same thing in social media. Like there's the advertising industry is a billion dollar monster, you know, and then the marketing industry is smaller. But we're still talking about hundreds of millions of dollars, and so there's so much money involved that even though pe- like I had people at P and G walking out to me and they were like, "You're absolutely right. We love the book, but there's nothing we can do about it." And they walked away. Wow. So I mean, like I mentioned the politics because it's sort of the same thing where. With there's the companies. Too, right. There's, there's too much on the line. to like Adobe. So I did this thing at South by Southwest. And the way it was pitched to me was, hey, uh, Brandon, BJ, you wrote this book. I was At that time, I was still transitioning to BJ because it was just easier for journalists or reporters and everyone to say. Yeah. Um, but they were like, hey, why don't you come to South by Southwest? We're going to do a panel. And we're going to talk about the future of internet marketing. Like, that's how it was pitched to me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, yeah, sure, let's do it. So I go to South by Southwest, and I'm on, and minutes before we go on stage, there's a change to the panel, the CMO of Adobe's, I forgot what his position, but you know, he was like one of those high up marketing people at Adobe. He's going to be on the panel. Uh, and the focus of the panel is going to be BJ is raw. What? Yeah, let's, let's talk it about- It was everyone against you? It was, it was there's video they of it. They turned it into a debate? No, it wasn't even, it was, it was, it was four people against me. And, you know, oh I held, my, I held my own because I, look, I don't take shit from anyone. My dad was born and raised in the Bronx. My mom was born and raised in Brooklyn. Um, oh, you know, yeah. So, yeah, I don't put up with that noise. Right. But, New Yorker. Uh, yeah. Grit. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I am in some respects a, a New York City stereotype. You know, I got the beard. I'm a vegan. Uh, <laughs> so, there's that, too. But, so, I'm on this panel, and they're just like, nonstop, oh, BJ, you're wrong. And, uh, Joe, and so, the, the thing of it was... Adobe is right and wonderful. Look at how great we are. Look at how great social media is. And BJ is wrong. Uh, and that was like my experience at South by Southwest. And so, you know, that kind of, when you have that kind of power and ability to post your own South by Southwest panel, you know, to rent out a hotel, uh, to, to coordinate and have, they had Baratunde Thurston was the MC of the event. Uh, like they were throwing some serious money behind this. But my point is that you got me, 
who look, writers don't get paid much. So I hate to I hate to right. tell people that you get paid shit as a writer. So you got me, and then you got these millionaires sitting next to me, and then you've got this multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar, I'm not even sure anymore, corporation that's putting on this event that's saying, here's why BJ is wrong. Now, who are you They're all so threatened by you, this writer out of New York. Which is hilarious, because I'm six foot four and really skinny. <laughs> so ain't nobody threatened by me, you know? But, it's but what, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're really uncovering some nasty truths about things people don't want revealed. Yeah, and the funny thing was that wasn't the goal of the book. Like, the goal of the book was just to have a conversation and say, because that, that's the thing. Like, it says on the back of the book that not all of this stuff is bad. Like, it's very clear about it. But mm-hmm. the, pro- the all the book was trying to do was say, we've been told to think this way, but check this out. Look at all this. Because the core of the book is data. You know, the core of the book is, is citations and research and notes and statistics. Wow. All saying, listen, you know, this is what you're being told, but here are the facts. Give us, give us an example of how maybe just you don't have to name the company, but what you found over the years of how they cheated to get you know successful sales of a product or a service, and then tell us why that was cheating and how it should have been done. So I'll give you, I'll give you a couple of quick examples. So there's the the social media platforms that are lying, and then there's the companies that are lying about their results. So. These are a little old, but they're the only examples that I think I think I can give because I didn't use them uh, oh, in, in the book. In, in the book, okay. So there's the lie, and then there's the company lying about the lie. So God, uh, yeah. So Twitter. Oh no, I got a better example. Let's use Instagram because that's that's more Instagram is like cool, right? That's, yeah. That's all kids are. I, I use Instagram, so uh, Instagram is constantly telling people that about all these users that they got. And so a couple of years ago, or maybe it was even a year ago, what they kind of came out and they were like, hey, uh, hey, everybody, we're bigger than Twitter. We've got more users than Twitter. You should give us your... And the reason, keep on, the reason why they say this shit is because they want advertisers to give them their money. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only reason why they say stuff like this. But they made a huge no- amount of noise about it. But then a really funny thing happened during the, uh, the Christmas winter break news uh, cycle. You know, where nothing really happens, people are enjoying the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, very quietly, Instagram was like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna delete millions and millions of fake accounts and spam and bots." And so you had celebrities who had like millions of Instagram followers all of a sudden dropped in some cases to nothing. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Like if you Google Instagram Rapture, uh, and that's why I can tell you this story because it was everywhere. Like it's not like, a, oh my god, check out this revealing thing. Yeah. So, it, so they were lying. Because uh, they deleted millions of cats. So if you look at what they were saying their size was versus like something like Twitter. They were including you, all of the fake accounts. Right. That's right. And then when no one was looking, they went and they deleted all those fake mm-hmm. accounts. See? I think See? YouTube is doing sweeps like that, too. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, you know, the, the thing with YouTube that, that's always frustrated me is it's very easy to, to, to game. Uh, for example, here's a fun trick for, your, for the people at home. If you would like to cheat YouTube, uh, it, it will cost you some money. But the trick is to hire as many people as you can to sit at their computer, watch your b- video to completion, rate it, leave a comment, and then pass it on using Facebook. If you can do like a hundred people or a thousand people, if you've got the funds, you can make yourself a very own homemade viral sensation. <laughs> uh, so like it's so like you know, I pointed out people homemade. Yeah, I mean, well, it's crazy though. So, so the other example is uh, this is an old one, but it's one of my favorites. Was Dell 
was one of the early, you know, if you do a search for social media plus Dell, they were one of the earliest examples of a quote-unquote social media success story. If you go and read any of the social media books from, let's say, 2008 to, I think they stopped talking about it in 2013 because they everyone realized it was bullshit. But keep in mind, we're talking about thousands of books. Like, there's, there are you know, over 500 business books that are put out each year. So a couple yeah. of thousand business books ran with this story of social media success with Dell uh, where they were claiming that they, were, they, you know, they made millions through Twitter. Uh, which turned out not to be true. Millions on what? Selling selling computers through through their Twitter account. I don't even understand uh, how that could happen. But they were well, well. That's the thing. Like if you think about it logically, <laughs> you you know it's bullshit. Uh, but well, you you know, you, you, so, you got a dollar. Yeah, for your exactly. Tour. Right. I mean, so Dell for years though was running around telling people like you like yeah you can Google Dell social media success story about okay. know, how great and wonderful it is. Mm. So there's just a lot of stuff like that where yeah. you've got the platform lying and the people using the platform who are also lying. So so how do you now look at social media after all these discoveries, writing this book? People didn't like it that you were saying this <laughs> stuff, but yet you still use Instagram? Do you still use yeah. Twitter? You know, there's, so there's there's a couple of ways that breaks down. Because uh, again, I never went after, the, you know, I, I talked about the, the shitty practices of the company mm-hmm. and I talked about the shitty myths that they were pushing. But I never said don't use those platforms. You know, for personal use, mm-hmm. like if you, if you like taking pictures like I do, Instagram's great. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I want to be clear about that. Like you can use whatever platform you like for personal reasons. You're t- you're talking about when it's used to sell or promote something. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's where things change. And so for me, on a personal level, it's just like, I I think it's fun. Yeah. But then, you know, yeah, it depends on the context. Because and this is the other thing, like. You got guys, and most of them are men, unfortunately. There's, there's only three or four women who were prominent social media marketers. You have know, Amy Jo Martin, Mary Smith, um, and I'm sure there's one or two more I'm forgetting, but there's not many. It's usually white guys mm-hmm. uh, who are in their 40s and 50s who are not the age demographic you figure right. would be talking about Good social point. media. Or you got guys like Gary Vaynerchuk who are independently wealthy but who decided to lie to the media and tell uh, you know, Slate Magazine and all these others that social media made him famous and rich. Um, so, you know, like for me... That's not how it happened. No, not at all. Not at all. He was already wealthy. Uh, you, know, he, <laughs> you know, he had PR and he was spending money on advertising uh, to get people to cover him. Right. And then turned around. And I can give you another... There's another great example about the bestseller list that we can get to in a second. But um, what I try to tell people about social media is that it's context-specific. And I'll give you a quick example. So right now I'm writing a comic called Vengeance Nevada, which people can check out at vengeancenevada.com. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why I'm still actively using Twitter is because everyone in the comics industry still uses it. Uh, and you might be wondering why, if it's bullshit. Well, that's because New York City has the largest user base of Twitter users in the world. Uh, for whatever reason, it just it did very well there. That hmm. a, lot of that, a lot of that has to do with journalists. And journalists became obsessed with Twitter, which is why we hear about that, it. So that quickly. short bite, too. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like the, the ability to use it to get news out quickly uh, mm-hmm. made it very popular among the New York crowd, which, by the way, is hilarious. Like, just recently, you can look on you look up any article about Twitter, and they were saying everyone knows about Twitter, but no one knows how the fuck to use it. <laughs> and true. keep in mind, keep in mind, this platform is ten years old. I know this has been around since two thousand six. What do you mean people don't know how to use it? So, like, I remember when I first started looking at Twitter, I was like, "What the hell do I do with this hashtag right. thing?" I mean, that was a long time ago. That was probably like 2009 that I yeah. finally started trying to use it. That's, you know? that's when 
it was all over. Um, so like the journalists became upset, which is why we had, you know, the thing to point out is that if the media gets behind a platform or a social media um, use of some kind and hypes it, that becomes the thing, regardless of whether or not people know how to use it. And Twitter is like the best example. Mm-hmm. So in my case, you know, I, I want to I ideally freelance write for Marvel. Yeah, that's that's obviously I grew up reading that stuff. I love to freelance. Mm. So for me, having it is kind of like, you know, it's like an indicator you know, for them to be like, all right, well, you're like me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I got it. So again, it's context specific. There might be other instances where you don't need to use any of these platforms. You know, radio might be the thing to use. And so people, you know, I love I love telling people that because I watch them like squirm in their seat because you've got, you've got, for example, car dealers who know digital is bullshit, mm, you know, but mm. they're told by like, and I don't like, again, I'm not, I'm trying to get out of this business, so I don't mind naming names. Um, so you got like Ford who will come to their dealers and be like, hey, uh, here's your co-op advertising budget for the month. Uh, oh, there's one catch. 60% of this has to be spent on digital. Now, if you're the dealer, you know that you're not going to see that that money. Like, you know that you're basically flushing it down the toilet, but you don't have a choice because the money's coming from Ford. 60% is a lot. 60%. It's crazy, right? Yeah. So you get all sorts of like crazy. Because how, how do you even use that? Is it, what is it, like, you know, takeovers, like a banners? Lot of a lot of it's SEO, um, which um. also they're getting ripped off on, uh, <laughs> which is another, it's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of it's like, hey, we got a, we got an Instagram account. Check out all the cool stuff we're posting. And it, to me, it's insane because if you want to sell a car, Print and radio is the way to do it. You know why? What does everyone in America have in their car? Right. A radio. Mm-hmm. And, yo, yeah, sure. Some of them, are, like, if you got baby boomers who might not be listening to uh, podcasts and audiobooks, they're listening to the radio. Sure, people my age are listening to Pandora, but that's only like 16% of car drivers. Right. 16%, when you look at the number of cars on the road, is not a lot. And yet, 60% of the money is going to reach that 13%. Yeah. So that's a good point that you're making. It's like, it just depends on the business. It depends on what the product is. It depends on a lot of different things. That's right. But but you have to have a lot of money no matter what. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> that's, that's the biggest change from when I wrote the book to where we are now, uh, is people used to think this stuff was free, even though it never really was. Right. I mean, it might have been free to post something, but it was never free to promote it. Right. Uh, now, Facebook... Did this really? They're doing it right now. Like Facebook right now is telling you, video is the thing, video is the future. If you post video, you'll get great results. Because what they're trying to do is get you to build out on their platform. And then once you've done that, they're going to turn around and go, hey, uh, that's a cool video. If you want people to actually see it, you got to give us money. Right. Actually, that's driving me nuts right now. I I mean, I I can't get, even when I do boost a post for this show nothing off limits. It's like, sometimes they'll reject it. And then when I do boost it, they'll tell me that it reached, I don't know, 600 people or something like that. But I get one like. It's it's ridiculous. Why? I'll I'll use myself as an example. Like I'm kicking around the idea of writing this like geek dating book. And so uh, Facebook flags everything that's dating related Mm. because they think it's advertising a product. And if I want to talk to someone on Facebook, I can't. So I might get the thing flagged and I might file an appeal, but then nothing happens. <laughs> right. Whereas it just gets you, lost to the abyss really, of Facebook. And, yeah, but that's the thing. They don't care. That they're so big that they don't care. And that's, you know, sooner or later it'll bite them in the ass because I think people will eventually, I hope, get fed up with the low results. Yeah. Uh, it's storage. I'm frustrated. 
I'm frustrated. Well, I'm, I put all this money towards it, and I'm just like not really seeing any results. So I'm going to stop boosting. So they're not going to make any more money off me. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's, it adds up. Like if you stop doing it, and I stop doing it, and, you know, small businesses, which which make up a huge chunk of business across America, if they all stop doing it, that's going to hurt their bottom line. Totally, totally. So how are you going to promote Vengeance Nevada then? Word of mouth and uh, PR. Mm-hmm. Although I ran into an interesting problem because the tagline for the comic is "All will be judged." Uh, unfortunately for me, season three of Gotham just rolled out the posters to promote the season, and they are using the same exact tagline. Oh no! Yeah, so I'm super thrilled about that. But honestly, <sighs> like the way I'm going to promote it's the way you should promote anything, which is you find the appropriate media outlets. You forge a relationship with them if you can. So, for example, I now freelance right for comicbookresources.com. Uh, and when the time comes, you pitch them your stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's how you do it. That's great. So you're getting out of the whole internet marketing business and you're transitioning and segueing into being a comic book writer. So I spent three years, four years, living out of hotels, traveling across America, tra- you know, traveling around the world, talking about this stuff. You're over it. Yeah, I, you know what happened was the first couple of times I did it, when people would when people would introduce me, they would come out and go, "Hey, here's BJ. He wrote this book called Social Media is Bullshit." Uh, and the first year that that happened, the crowd would get kind of quiet. You know, like you could tell that they got they were getting defensive. Awkward. Right. Yeah. You could, and then over the years, uh, well, actually, year four. When I was doing it, I was introduced, and the person's like, hey, here's BJ, here's the book, social media is bullshit. People laughed, because hmm. they knew. Yep. Yeah. They knew. And so I realized at that point that there was nothing more to say. Oh, interesting. You've, Everyone, you've done your job. Right. I think that, you know, the book, the, the funny thing about the book is that it was pirated a lot, uh, which is kind of great, and I'm a big, big fan of that. So regardless of how many copies it actually sold, like, again, yeah, it was six or 7,000. Uh, a lot more people read it than bought it. Mm. So I think that the ideas in it, because that was the cool thing that happened, well, cool in some respects and annoying in others, uh, was that the same people that I had criticized and had called out started parroting lines from my book. Uh, <laughs> no which I, Yeah, oh, totally. Um, there was more than a few Gary Vaynerchuk videos where he was saying shit from the book, uh, passing wow. it off as his. I was super thrilled about that because he's my favorite person. Uh, <laughs> So, I mean, like... Clearly. Clearly. Well, you know, the reason reason why I I pick on him is because when when we talk about social media, he's the person people think of. Yeah. He's the person most trotted. Like, for example, South by Southwest just announced their keynote speakers for 2017, and there he was. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, like, he's just, you know, the top of the food chain. And so this guy represents everything that I'm talking about, like all the wrong things that that are going on. He He just has a lot of money. Yeah, and that's the thing, like... That's the thing that kills me is that people, because he's where he is, people look at him and say, well, he's right, you're wrong. And I just, because I just got to that point where I was like, you know, uh, I almost died (laughs) somewhere between traveling around America and um, living out of hotel rooms. I I almost. What? uh, Yeah. So the funny story, no, it's not really funny. So like the quick version is that I had like a heart condition and uh, it's supposed to be a minor thing. You know, they tell you, oh, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. We'll get it fixed. So I went in, uh, went to get it fixed. Like a murmur? Uh, what was it? It was a mitral valve that needed to be fixed, repaired. Okay. I have MVP. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I know all about it. So yeah, the flap. So, yeah. So I went in, um, had a heart attack somewhere in there. They had a really hard time with me. 
Uh, they found the blockage. I, so, you know, I had a heart attack. Jeez, you're a young yeah, guy. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I was 30 at the time. So um, I flatlined. I was revived. Holy crap. Yeah. And so after the reason why I even mentioned it, you know, after that happened, I was kind of like, I, you know, I did another year of talking about it, but I realized pe- one, people were laughing. So they kind of knew. Yeah. And I was sort of like, all right, look, I almost died. So my, my priorities in life are, number one, get an apartment that I like. And uh, go out on as many dates as possible. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that, that is the, the sum of my ambition. And so I just got to that point where it's like, that, that's all I want. So if I'm doing my comedy, I'm doing that, I'm happy. Yeah. It's about what's Im- what's important to you is not, you know, calling people out or, you know, debunking myths about well, the social media stuff, but instead just enjoying your life and being happy. Exactly. That's exactly it. And then the- your dog's going crazy back there. Oh, she's not going to stop. This is going to go for like another five minutes. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it's another, it's a solid five or ten minutes. So I apologize in advance. Um- <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Because we're about to close. I know. That's all right. We've got the dog barking. So I'll tell the story real quick. What I want people to know is that if you're listening to this interview and you're like, all right, I'm not totally convinced. I want to do some thinking on my own. I encourage you to look at every major business book that's published this year and then go back to 2007, 2008 with all the social media books and all the marketing books uh, that say New York Times bestselling author on them. If you go and you look at a book and you go and you look them up on the bestseller list, you're going to notice a little dagger next to almost all of them. And the reason that dagger is there is to indicate to you, the reader, that a lot of people didn't actually buy that book. Wow. Bulk purchase. So you know, <gasps> I keep, it was a bulk purchase. It so it gets a purchase. dagger. Yes. Yeah, so Who I, tracks you know, that at the Wall uh, Street Journal? They, they use a different system, but it can also be cheated. So, wow. for example, like uh, there was this guy named Dave Kirpin who, um, it's a long, winding story, but the, the short version is that he ran around for a long time telling people he was a social media superstar that that social media powered him to being a new york times bestselling author not true he bulk purchased all his books <laughs> oh my god and and everyone i've mentioned in this interview seth godin guy kawasaki chris brogan um gary vanderchuk you know many of those guys gary vanderchuk especially like they all bulk purchased their books and yet they run around telling people wow look at me i'm a new york times bestselling author and so wow I just want people to keep that in mind. Well, that's an easy way to get yourself to the top. Just buy right. all your own product. Well, that's that's <laughs> theme, right? Like that's that's what we've really danced around. Is that it, so here, here's what I want to get. If you've got money, social media is awesome. Yeah. You know, like that's that's really what it comes down to. And if you're if you're like everyone else, uh, it's a crapshoot. Right. Right. You might get lucky, but it's probably going to be a struggle. That's right. Yeah. So is that the final message that you have to leave everyone with today? No. Um, the final message I want to leave everyone with today is that if you're going to use this stuff, have a plan. So, for example, I want to make movies and I want to write comics. And so I know that using social media platforms gets me to comics and the comics gets me to movies. So there's a plan. And if you use the platforms to further your plan, that's totally fine. But don't go using platforms for any other reason. Mm-hmm. Or as the sole reason, or as the sole as, strategy. Like, yeah, I mean, just I'm talking clearly from business marketing perspective. But mm-hmm. for personal reasons, if you want to use that stuff, knock yourself out. Yeah, because yeah, it's fun. It is fun. Yeah.
Yeah. BJ, you're awesome. Thanks. And man, you've achieved a lot in your <laughs> young years. Young so far, man. So good. Well, I hope you get everything that you want and that you do live the happy life that you are already sounding like you're leading. Um, you're amazing. And I'm so thrilled that you took time to be on Nothing Off Limits. Everybody out there listening, please go to BJ's website, bjmendelson.com. And also be sure to check out Vengeance Nevada and all the stuff that he's got coming up. I can't wait when you get to the point of making movies, BJ. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.